Hello and welcome to the Beating the Statistics podcast. I'm your host, Miles Victors. I'm a health and fitness enthusiast that loves to get into the nitty-gritty of evaluating and developing systems and structures in my life and the lives of my clients that make the healthy choices easier, the unhealthy choices more difficult or unappealing, and creating a lifestyle that promotes a focus on health and fitness long into the future. The Beating the Statistics podcast is focused on helping all students of health and fitness beat the odds when it comes to a lasting change in the realm of weight loss and our fitness goals. Only 3% of those that attempt to reach a healthy weight are successful in the long term. 97% fall short of that mark. My solid belief is that it is because their lives lack the systems necessary to make any change truly lasting or easy to maintain. Having lost over 200 pounds myself after many failed attempts, I've been on this train for a while. I know how much the train tickets cost. I know all the stops. I know where the train needs to slow down or speed up, and so on. I hope to be able to walk you, my listeners, through what I've learned along the way, as well as learn new things with you. So, have a listen, join me on this journey, and I hope you enjoy what you hear. Thank you for being here. Hello. Welcome to my race recap for the Run Salt Lake City Road Race Series uh, 15K race that happened this morning. This is the final race in the Run SLC Road Race Series here in Salt Lake City, Utah. And it's something I signed up for months ago. And uh, I've already previously done the 5K and the 10K race uh, in this race series. And it's been kind of my intro to more real road racing. I did a 5K and a 10K previous, but they were more fun runs. One was a Halloween special and the other one was a Santa um, event where we all dress up in Santa suits. Uh, If you go back and listen to my previous races, uh, race episodes, you hear me talk about those a little bit. But these, uh, this run SLC series is more of a um, more traditional road racing series where you have chip time and all this other stuff. So anyway, uh, this was the the final race in the race series. Uh, 5k was in February, the 10k was in March, and now here in April is the 15k. I did the 5k in February with a 5k personal best of 27 minutes and two seconds, uh, which put me in uh, 326 out of 904 overall. 233rd, 233rd, 233rd place out of 418 men, and then 30th out of 64 in the 35 to 39 men's age group. Uh, The more accurate Garmin and Strava data gave me a total distance of actually 3.04 miles, which is just short of a full 5K. Average pace of 8 minutes and 54 minutes per mile up from my previous best of the Halloween 5K race where I had a 10 minute and 13 second mile. So that was a big speed improvement between 5k race efforts uh, of one minute and 19 seconds per mile. So obviously I was very, very pleased with that. And it was the fastest 5k I'd run up to that point in this health and fitness journey of mine. In March, I finished the 10k for the run SLC series. Uh, The official chip time for that was a PR of 56 minutes and 32 seconds, which had me in 341st place out of 807 overall racers, 242nd place out of 395 men, 40th out of 71 in the men's 35 to 39 year old age group. Obviously, uh, there's difference between the reported distance and what Garmin and Strava tell me. So my more accurate distance from Garmin and Strava 
had me at 6.22 uh, miles, which is actually um, the 5K uh, distance. Uh, average pace of 9 minutes and 16 seconds per mile, which was up from my previous best of the Santa 10K race where I had 10 minutes and 36 seconds per mile. So that was a big uh, 1 minute and 20 second per mile improvement, which is pretty awesome over the course of a full 6 plus miles. So I had a lot of anticipation going into this race. I hadn't done a 5, uh, 15K race yet. Uh, I've done 15K runs before, but not a 15K race. So it's kind of um, hard to compare the adrenaline that you get with that and running with other people, running on closed courses, um, you know, trying to really try to get a PR versus just doing it in a training run. So there's a lot of different factors that go into racing like this. But this is the longest one I had done since my half marathon, uh, which was 14 years earlier, and I barely finished that one. That was with my wife, Monica, uh, for the Salt Lake City half marathon. Well, finally, out of all the races I had done this year, uh, and, and last, you know, tail end of last year, finally, the weather was cooperating. It was 48 degrees as per my Garmin watch, which meant no running tights, no long sleeves, no hat, no gloves. I could just run in my shorts and a t-shirt and be good. And I was so thrilled. A little chilly in the morning. So I wore my traditional black and red tracksuit, which is very old school, but Hey, it works. They match. I don't really care. They got zipped up pockets so I can put my wallet and keys and stuff in there and zip them up knowing that my kids aren't going to accidentally lose them if they mess with my stuff. Anyway, the weather cooperated. It was wonderful. I pushed myself more than I should have over the last week, uh, with my run training. So this last week I just just felt so good. So I kept running and I probably ran faster than I should have. It's a common problem for me when I feel good. I want to run hard and really just need to slow down and run a little bit easier. But anyway, I had a couple of aches and pains. My left ankle was feeling like it was starting to overpronate a little bit on some of my runs when I got tired, um, which meant my arch was likely collapsing a little bit on that side. Nothing big, just a little sore and tired. Uh, my IT band on my right knee was just a little more tight than usual. I have this I had this click in my knee that I don't feel, but I can hear sometimes if I don't have my headphones in. Um, but it doesn't really cause me any problems, but it was giving me a little bit of grief this morning. And then also the upper insertion point on my right calf has been a little bit achy. So really up high in that big thick area of the calf as it kind of dives in towards the back of your knee. So anyway, no pain, just little aches and, and, and niggles and spots that are kind of troubling. And so because of that, I had to make a different decision on my shoe choice than normal. Usually on these races, I typically wear my Brooks Ghost shoes, which are a really great running shoe. It's mainly a long distance training shoe, but I like running with it. I think it's a great shoe. Um, and instead I went with my Ultra Paradigms. My Ultra Paradigms are the only shoe in my arsenal that has a little bit of stability or, or motion control in it. And what that means is that it allows my arches to relax a little bit because they have a little bit of help uh, from collapsing. So that would resolve my issue of my left ankle over, uh, you know, kind of rolling in a little bit as that arch kind of flexes down. And also because the shoes are a little bit lighter, it would hopefully help with the IT band because it would put less strain on the hamstring and my glute muscles during my foot turnover and controlling the motion of my foot. And then also because it's a zero drop shoe instead of a pretty high drop shoe that the Brooks Ghosts have, um, it would actually give me a nice gentle stretch in my calves with every single footfall. So hopefully it would reduce the the tightness in that calf. And it actually, the plan went perfectly. I had no problems throughout the entire run. 
Um, no aches or pains, finished, feeling great. I could probably have done it again, but uh, I was really happy with uh, my shoe choice. So anyway, that was boring for a lot of you people who don't care about shoe choice and the science behind shoes. But if you ever want to know, I do a lot of thinking about footwear uh, when I do athletic adventures. Um, I practice barefoot running to help me with my form. I have running sandals, which are really thin. I have thicker running sandals. I've got a whole ton of shoes, trail shoes, road shoes. I think that the shoe choice is almost like uh, Hawkeye's uh, quiver of special trick arrows that each one has a purpose. And if you can swing it, if you can afford to get good shoes, um, I recommend getting shoes that are purpose built for the type of running that you like to do and that you typically do. Um, it's going to help a lot and it's going to make your experience a lot more enjoyable. And if you have a good shoe rotation, they don't wear out any faster. I mean, I have probably seven or eight pairs of shoes uh, and sandals across different disciplines of or types of shoe. And I track the mileage that I do in every single one of them. And so I barely ever have to replace them. I know exactly how many miles each pair of shoes has on it. And it helps me understand when I might need to replace some of these shoes. And when the shoes get to about 400 miles, I start thinking about uh, replacing them. At 500 miles, I do replace them. And then those shoes typically just become my daily kicker shoes, just shoes that I wear around. Um, but then, uh, yeah, so that's typically my my rotation, how I deal with my shoes. But anyways, well, I got, I got to the race early, uh, as per usual. You guys heard, if you've heard my last podcast about racing, you know that I have a little bit of anxiety that I get around racing. I don't know why. I'm not typically super nervous consciously about it, but I can't sleep past a certain time before a race. And I just want to get there early and make sure I'm prepared. It's kind of this thing I have with being places early. Uh, It drives my wife nuts, but she's very, very patient with me and she loves me and she deals with it. And I'm grateful for that. My parents, Chris and Bonnie Victors, uh, shout out to them. Great parents. They're in town right now. So they're able to join us at the race venue and be there for me when I started and when I finished. So I was really grateful that they were able to come. It's their first race they've been able to go to since the Halloween race, which they attended, uh, which was my very first race. I was really happy that they were in town for that as well. Um, but yeah, they were in town. So my goal for the race was to finish in under one hour and 30 minutes. So that was mainly in my head as saying, hey, if I beat just barely uh, a 10 minute mile, which I think is a, a good pace for me, then I'll be really pleased with my performance. So that's what I said of that. And that actually averages out if it was a a full 9.3 miles as a nine minute and 33 second per mile pace, which is a brisk pace uh, for this distance for me, but something that I think that I could do. So um, as usual for these run Salt Lake City events, uh, the race was immediately preceded by the national anthem where we all stand and we put our hands over our hearts as the national anthem, anthem plays. I really like that. I think it's a great tradition. I love my country. I love where I live. I love the traditions that we have. And uh, I think that's really neat that we do that. And then at 8 a.m. promptly, you know, the the timer goes off and we all run across the start line. Uh, Just a little note here. I have a slight annoyance, but when people are lining up for the start of a race, I think people should do their best to gauge where that they think they are amongst their peers in terms of their starting speed. So if you look around you, and you see people behind you who you think are probably faster than you, maybe just step backwards in line just a little bit. And that should help you um, not feel in the way or start congested. Uh, There was a lot of people who just were so slow at the beginning, which when I'm trying to keep a strict pace plan, 
Obviously it's not their problem, it's my problem, but just a little point of irritation. So if uh, if you're if you know that you are doing a great job for you, but you know you're probably not gonna be running with a lead pack, maybe don't start with a lead pack, but to each their own. Anyway, well, I danced around a lot of slower people at the very beginning of the race, which made me pick up my speed a little bit in that first mile to kind of make up my time uh, to try to stay with my splits. So I started slower, which meant that once I got around everybody, I needed to pick up my pace to be on track, but that felt really good. I surprised myself when I looked down when my watch beeped at me after the first mile and told me I did it in eight minutes and 39 seconds. And I'm like, well, that's a full minute faster than I should be going right now. Um, and so I considered, should I slow down? Should I speed up? Should I stay the same? And I ultimately said, hey, this feels really good. I'm not going to go nine minutes and 33 seconds per mile. I'm going to see how far I can get at a brisker pace. So I did slack off a little bit and I aimed for right around nine minutes per mile, which I did pretty good holding it. Sometimes it was in the uh, in the high 840s, low 850s, but for the most part, right around nine minute miles. And uh, kept rocking. Uh, the Run Salt Lake City race series uses roughly the same route each race, just progressively longer each time around. Uh, well, this time, to add mileage, the race actually shoots directly south instead of directly north. Um, and so we're going down south by Nibley Park in southeast Salt Lake City. And the pleasant surprise with that is that it makes us run around this park and then back up past the Run SLC shop. And so that what that meant was that I got to pass by my family uh, and so they could cheer me on a little over two miles into the race. So that was a nice little surprise, ran by, everyone was really excited to see me and uh, it was really good to see them too. So shot underneath there, ran underneath the I-80 overpass and also this is the very first time that I almost encountered an issue with the way they run their races. So the race course is closed-ish meaning that they try to block as much traffic as they can from streets and they have he they have police officers at intersections to prevent people from getting hit or from congestion or slowdowns and stuff like that but they can't stop everything one of the things they can't stop is the commuter rail train the uh what do they call that the tracks the track system and for the first time in three races i almost didn't beat the commuter trail or sorry the commuter rail train on my way north, which would have caused a stop and a wait, but I picked up the pace, was able to clear the uh, intersection there with the train and not get stopped. And I was really grateful for that. Anyway, the rest of the race was pretty uneventful as far as racing goes, just one foot in front of the other. I'm uh, I'm a little interesting in the way that I run races. I used to be the guy that liked to listen to music and to jam out during the races, but I actually found it difficult to line up my songs with the intensity that I wanted to run at or the cadence that I wanted my foot turnover to be at. And it prevented me from running in how I really enjoy running, which is actually kind of an active meditation. I really like shutting my brain off and disconnecting it from my body and letting my body just do what it wants to do when I run. And and I've trained my body well enough to know what good running form feels like. I've trained it to know what a good cadence feels like. And I don't have the fastest cadence because I'm a pretty tall runner. I'm six foot four. And so uh, I would say most people should probably be at 170 to 180 steps per minute. I sit usually around 165 to 170, which I have found to be pretty good for me. If I have some aches and pains, I might try to pick up my cadence a little bit so I have quicker foot strikes. But for the most part, I run about 165. My body knows what it feels like and it just settles into that groove and just goes. 
Um, but when I run with music, sometimes the beat starts dictating my cadence different than what my body knows it should do. And so subconsciously, my brain starts connecting to my body in ways that I don't want it to. So uh, I actually am a guy who listens to podcasts when I race. And it's super boring for a lot of people. It's some, why would you ever do that? But it just gets me kind of in this meditative zone where I can just go. And um, so today I listen to podcasts. Um, so today's uh, podcast, the episode that was in the queue, was an episode from the podcast Smartless, which is a hilarious podcast. It's Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett. And they interview celebrities and they poke fun at each other and they just have a blast together. And it's always really enjoyable just to listen to them and the topics they talk about. Well, today they, they interviewed Bono, which is a really interesting podcast about all the work that Bono's done, especially with the AIDS crisis and how he's used his music to be an advocate, but also just how he's just a, a guy, just like anybody else, and how he's a father who has a son and he has, you know, you know, he has he has plans or he has hopes and dreams for his family and just like anybody else. It's a really neat podcast. And then after that, my the next podcast is another one on my queue called The Drive by Peter Atia, who is a He's kind of a, an athletics and uh, physical health scientist, um, but he he's a, he's a doctor, and he had on another uh, PhD um, person. I apologize, but uh, very much in the bio space and in the research space, uh, named Andy uh, Galpin. And the topic was all about muscle adaptations, how your body reacts to different exercise stimulus, about the cellular structure of muscles and their response uh, to different stimulus. Super interesting stuff, super geeky stuff, great stuff for me to just zone out, let my body do what it does, and let my brain be entertained along the way. So that's what I did. Before I knew it, I was crossing back over that same tracks, trained tracks, and approaching the underpass under the I-80, knowing I had less than a mile to go. I was keeping to my pacing strategy. I've been kind of monitoring it throughout every now and then, and felt like I still had some gas in the tank. So when I rounded that final corner, who was there to meet me, but my 14-year-old Hiram, he's been there every race. And, uh, just, he helps run me in. And so he and I, you know, put on the gas. I ended up finishing at, I don't know, it was like, it's like a seven minute mile pace at the end, seven and a half minute mile pace at the end and just clip it on through and, uh, cross the line at one hour, 21 minutes and 39 seconds chip time. Garmin and Strava had me at one hour, 21 minutes and 48 seconds. So I came in almost you know, I was a little over eight minutes faster than I thought I would. And I had an average pace of eight minutes and 56 seconds per mile. Um, so yeah, I had, um, yeah, I had a great race. It was fantastic. I was very pleased with my, with my speed. I came in almost, uh, about 30, what, 37 seconds per mile faster than what I had planned on doing. I also, during that race, PR'd my 5k with an average speed of four or sorry, eight minutes and 46 seconds per mile, which carved another eight seconds per mile from my 5k pace. And then I PR'd my 10k in a major way with an average pace of eight minutes and 54 seconds per mile, which took another 22 seconds from my 10k previous, uh, which was very awesome. Super happy with that. So very happy with my results, thrilled to have finished the race series. Run SLC, you put on a really great race series. I'm really grateful for the way you set things up and how easy it is to um, to run this course, it's pan flat, which is great for people who are trying to set good PRs or have good stable run times. 
Um, great work with the Salt Lake City Police Department and blocking off the streets. So really grateful for that. Uh, I was really happy that my family and parents were able to be there to cheer me over the finish line. Uh, and they were equally as excited to celebrate with me as they knew what time I had wanted to uh, come across that line. So really grateful for that. After that, we hung out for a bit with other runners, watched the awards ceremony, cheered people who who podiumed for their age groups. Um, we had a, a woman there who was almost 75 years old who finished. She was really awesome to see. Also had a little chat with, uh, I think his name was Cooper, um, 14 year old boy who came in under an hour, just blistering fast. I saw him pass me on the way, uh, you know, he was on his way back when I was on my way up and uh, just phenomenal runner. So good job, uh, Cooper, if I got that name right. Um, let's see here. Yeah, so in terms of the placing after kind of the dust settled, I ended up in 222nd place out of 670 overall, which I was super happy with. That puts me in the uh, top third. And then 156 out of 325 for the men, 26th out of 61 finishers for my age group, which is the men's 35 to 39 age group. So very happy. I always try to shoot for being in the top 50% of finishers. So shout out to Mark Lewis. If you want to uh, entertaining YouTube channel to watch. It's this guy who lives in the uh, Great Britain area uh, named Mark Lewis. And his encouragement is always to try to be better than average, be better than average. And so I always shoot to be in the top 50% of things. So I was really happy to see that in the 15k, I was in the top 50. Uh, after that, we headed home and to our next event, we actually had scheduled in the late morning our family's Easter 5k fun run with the entire Victor's family and the Rogers family. So I got to do another 5k after my 15k, which I actually felt pretty good for, but I am pretty tired now. I'm done with running for today and we'll be taking it easy with the kids for uh, the next little, little bit here. Anyway, hopefully all that was remotely interesting. I love racing with other people. Even if I'm never anticipating landing on the podium, that's fine. I love being out there with, with a part of my support group, my family, and, and those who care about me. People want you to succeed too, especially if they love and care about you. So gather that support group. Allow them to know when your races are and when your big events are and the things that you want to um, celebrate are because they want to be there for you too. And also, hopefully all of this, this... 20 minute plus now, um, kind of puts you into my head a little bit and understands my approach to things like this. I'm not like everybody else on that race course and neither will you be. If you want to listen to the birds, go for it. If you want Metallica rocking out in your headphones, because that's what works for you rock on. If you want to listen to Enya or ocean and whale sounds or your favorite low key podcast that works too. find the way that you like to do things and do them. You are unique so your approach can be unique too. You got to find what works for you or what doesn't work for you in your health and fitness journey. It doesn't have to, nor will it likely look like anyone else's health and fitness journey. Make it your own. Do that analysis to figure out what works best for you and that you enjoy the best because that's the way it's going to stick for you. That's the way that you're going to be able to keep up with it because you found your groove. That's what you need to do is find your groove. Anyway, until next time, thank you for listening to me ramble on. I appreciate knowing that you're out there when I do these. I'll keep making them whenever I have a race or whenever I have a big thing happen. Uh, and I'll intermix these with my other normal podcasts where I discuss topically things that are important to, to my community and to those who are listening to this podcast. So again, thanks for being here. 
Hopefully you enjoyed listening to this. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. I appreciate everybody who takes the time to listen to my ramblings. And I hope you guys were able to take some value out of some of the things that you heard today. If you have any comments or questions, again, feel free to email me at milesvictors at beatingthestatistics.com. Also, you can find me on all the major social media venues, and my username is BTS Health and Fitness. So you'll find me on YouTube, you'll find me on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. So go ahead and find me there, subscribe, and as I create new content and, and small videos and other posts, you can follow along in my journey as well as in some of the counseling and advice that I can provide to my listeners. As always, know that consistency is the key to changing your life. The small things matter. If you're chopping down a redwood tree and all you have is a hatchet, know that it takes one small swing at a time to eventually chop that tree down. So keep on swinging. I'm in your corner. Develop a support network of people who are also in your corner. And you've got this. Thanks for listening.